Welcome Thrive Church, man. Great to be with you guys today. We are in week two of a series called Stay Positive. So over the next several weeks, we are looking at different statements and different thought patterns to help us stay positive in a negative world. I don't know about you, but with me, there's, we live in a negative world, man. There are just things all around us all the time that draw us in to negativity. And so when we live in a negative world, it's, it's our desire and our heart and actually our job as followers of Jesus to be positive. So why? Because listen to this. People need to see the light of Jesus through us. And when we're positive, when we're excited, when we're grateful, when we're encouraged, um, when we're optimistic, people see that in us because they're living in negativity and they're looking for anything to give them hope. And so today, I want to speak to you in week two about the statement, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. If you will, go ahead and turn to your copy of God's Word to Luke 16 11. Uh, Luke 6, uh, excuse me, Luke 17 11. We're going to look at Luke 17 11 today at the story of the lepers. Now, we are in a society. And we're in a culture that complains about everything, right? So, like, if you live in Richmond, you will hear complaining about this one topic. And many of you are going to say, oh, yeah, it's the weather. So we hear all the time about the weather. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's too warm. It's, it's 70 degrees and nice today. I just wish the weather would make its mind up. And so, like, we're literally always complaining about everything that goes on. And it's not only the weather, which we do complain about a lot. We can't be grateful for just the weather we do have. But we also complain about other things. Think about it. In the world we live in, we complain about driving up to a garage. Our car has a house that it lives in. We complain about the big closet we have, and we're looking through all of our clothes and touching it, and there's, like, nothing to wear, right? That's what ladies always say, I have nothing to wear. We have shoes for every type of the, uh, the year, every type of the day. I have shoes I mow the grass in. I have shoes I walk around the house in. I have shoes I preach in. I have shoes I play basketball in. We have so much to be thankful about. I mean, we'll go to fast food restaurants, and if it takes three and a half minutes for somebody to cook our food, we're angry at them. It's taking them so long. It's three and a half minutes. Man, you can't make a ham sandwich at your house in three and a half minutes. This message today about being grateful actually hits home for me. Um, I'm what you call, and what I like to call, a realist, right? Are there any realists in the house? You're like, I'm a realist. Well, what you really are is you're a pessimist. Let's just call it what it is. I'm actually a pessimist. So I can get around people who are super positive, people who are super excited, uh, people who are super grateful. They're like, man, that was so awesome. This event was this, and this event. I'm like, yeah, but this is how we need to make it better. Yeah, it was great, and this is the most wonderful thing ever. And then I'm thinking about, well, this is all, these are all the things that went wrong with this. And so for me, um, this message hits home because there's many times I should be grateful and thankful when actually I'm negative. I call it being real, right? I'm just a realist. When all actuality, I'm a pessimist with that. One study showed this. It showed that gratitude is the number one attribute that fuels every other attribute. One of the key statements today is that happy people aren't grateful. Grateful people are happy. Happy people aren't grateful. Grateful people are happy. So if you're grateful, it fuels every other positive emotion. 
It's a, no matter if you're an optimist or you're a pessimist or you're what you call a realist, which is actually being a, a, a jerkist um, is what you are, like I am. Uh, you know, you've got to take on the, the heart of being grateful. It's something that in Scripture we see that is seen all throughout. Uh, the idea of being thankful. Enter his courts with what? Thanksgiving. Being grateful. Um, that's what worship really is. And so in my life, I'm asking God that I could be more grateful. I'm asking God to help me see the silver lining in the clouds. I'm, I'm help, asking God to help me to be at a place in my life where I can be more grateful to him. I, I don't think there's a better illustration in Scripture than the, uh, the account of Jesus with the lepers. And I want you to look at Luke 17, 11. We're going we're gonna to look at this powerful account today of Scripture, this, this historical account where Jesus actually comes in contact with 10 lepers. I want you to look at this and see the heart of gratefulness in this passage. It says in verse 11, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now let's just pause there for a second because you have to understand what was going on there in the first century. Leprosy was a huge issue in that day and time. If you read like Leviticus and Deuteronomy, all the Old Testament boring books, um, God had to give them actually ways to handle leprosy because it could destroy the whole village of people. It could destroy thousands of people. It was highly contagious. And what leprosy was, was actually your skin would ooze from boils. Some of your skin would begin to deteriorate if it got bad enough. You would lose feelings um, in your extremities. Your nerves would go completely bad. You would ooze. And so, and this sounds really gross, but listen to me. At night, while the, the people were, were sleeping, the, the lepers were, it would be nothing for a rat to come gnaw their finger off. Now, that may be gross, but let me tell you what the sad part was. The sad part about this is that the lepers could not be part of the community there in Jerusalem or wherever they were at. They were forbidden to be part of community because they could, you know, um, uh, infect the other people. So what lepers had to do, um, number one, it says they had to have really messed up hair. I mean, luckily, uh, I wouldn't be my problem, uh, but they had to have messed up hair. And they had to cover their mouths. And so when they would come up to someone, they would cry out from a distance, leper, unclean, unclean. They couldn't have dinners with people. They couldn't get hugs from people. I mean, could you imagine living that life where you were totally cut off from every person? You couldn't have birthday parties. You couldn't enjoy family. You couldn't. Um, enjoy community you couldn't even have a hug and that's what these lepers were and they were at a place of desperation in their life they had heard about jesus they had heard about the miracles they had heard about jesus healing people they had heard about jesus doing many good works for people and they wanted to find healing so let's continue to read and see what happens here it says when jesus saw them he said Go and show yourselves to the priests. That's what it said in Leviticus uh, chapter 13. If you were clean from leprosy and healed, you had to go to the priests first. And as they went, they were cleansed. I love that. Like, that's a whole other sermon in itself. Man, as they went, they were cleansed. There are times that we have to step out in faith. And as we step out, God begins to empower us. God begins to heal us. God begins to do things. And so I don't know what you're waiting on. And you're saying, Jesus, just touch me. But as you go, sometimes you find your miracle. That's just a, that, that, that was free. There's no offering needed for that. But that's a side point. But 
as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15 says, and one of them, when he, uh, when he saw he was healed, came back, watch this, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Now, you may think that doesn't mean a lot, but Samaritans were considered the Jews' enemy. It's literally, they hated each other. It's like, um, you know, uh, Muslims and Jews, they hated each other. Um, there's a long history of Samaritans that they, they believe that, you know, um, that they were the chosen ones, and Jews believe that they were the chosen ones, and so they hated each other. And this Samaritan came and threw himself at Jesus' feet, being so grateful and so thankful. And verse 17 is the kicker. I love this. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God praise except this foreigner? I want us today to look at that account, and I would love for all of us to take on the attitude of that one leper. I would love for all of us to live life like that leper lived life. I would love for all of us in here today to leave saying, I'm going to be grateful. Now, if you want to write down a big idea today and you're like, man, what's the big idea? It's simple. I will be grateful. That's your big idea. Because today I want to walk us through being grateful. Have you ever been on somebody who's not grateful for something? Like, have you done something for somebody before and they're just not grateful? Does that make you angry? Like, I am the world's worst for that. Like, if I do something for somebody and I, I go above and beyond, and then they treat me bad, man, I get angry. And it's, that is a character flaw of mine um, that the Lord is dealing with. I know all y'all are holy, all y'all are perfect, and you don't deal with it, but I do. But have you ever been around, been around somebody who is verbally ungrateful um, about everything? It makes life miserable, doesn't it? Like, you literally don't want to be around those people. a matter of fact, um, you know, being ungrateful is kind of like having bad breath. The person who's ungrateful doesn't know how they're affecting everybody else, like that their internal problem, halitosis, is affecting everybody else around them. And eventually people don't want to talk to you. Eventually people make distance from you. And if you're an ungrateful person, you may not only be hurting your relationships, but listen to me, more importantly, we may all be hurting, listen, people's opportunity to see the light of Jesus in us. Because we are the salt and we are the light of the world. We, Jesus passed that on to us to be. The only gospel some people may read may be our lives, as I've said before. And so that's why being grateful is so important. We cannot be the nine who keep living and go off and never return for the great gift that God has given us. Now, you may say, man, I, I've never been healed. I'm sick and, you know, and so um, I'm waiting for my healing. I'm not grateful because I struggle in these things. But guys, let me tell you something, what, what's more important than being healed of leprosy? It's being given eternal life. We've been given eternal life by Jesus Christ. If you've trusted him as your savior, you have been rescued from the pit of hell. You have been delivered from the grave. Man, I don't know what more there is to be excited about and be grateful about. And so I want us to take on the attitude of being grateful to God and to others. Selfishness is the greatest enemy to gratefulness, being selfish and self-centered. Um, one of the attributes I want my son to always have is be grateful, man. Um, I'm teaching him, uh, yeah, I've been teaching him the power of saying thank you, the power of saying thank you. Every time he gets in the sun, what, what do you say? You say thank you. 
And you may say, you know, um, I'm teaching him polite manners and things. No, he's too young to teach that. Man, I want great. Gratefulness is the number one attribute that makes people attractive to other people in their life, that makes people successful. I believe grateful people are the most successful people because you're like a magnet. People want to be around you. There's something inside of you that they want because we live in a world that's never satisfied, that never has enough, that's never content. We always want more. And gratefulness is the number one attribute that draws people to Jesus and you. Gratefulness will unlock doors for you in your life. That's why, um, you know, I always say thank you to people. That's why, man, at church, man, you may think, well, why is this guy thanking me for serving in the parking lot? Yeah, I'm just serving. Well, why is this guy thanking me for serving on the praise team? I love. Why is this guy thanking me for making calls? Why is it, and I love to go around time to time and say, man, just, just thank you for what you're doing. And people are probably thinking, well, no, it's no problem, really. I mean, hey, it is what it is. But, man, I'm grateful for what God is doing in my life and grateful for everyone who does what they do here at Thrive. So here's what I want to do today. If we're going to be grateful people, if we're going to shine the light of Jesus through gratefulness, if we're going to be that one leper, there are three statements I want us to make three statements we're going to have scriptures attached to i want us to make today and the first one is this you can write this in your notes three statements that will help us choose gratitude three statements i know every good thing i have comes from god i know that every good thing i have comes from god now james 117 says this the half brother of jesus james you know different uh daddy same mama you got it right um (laughs) wrote this he said, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. So the statement we have to make is, I know, I know that every good thing I have comes from God. I know that every good thing I have comes from God. People who are the most grateful realize that every blessing they have, everything they have in their life is not from them. They know that it's from God. My grandmother was that type of person. She was so thankful and she was so grateful for God and what he had done in her life. Uh, my, my, my grandmother was always that person you walk in and, you know, how you doing, Mama? You know, she had lost my, my grandfather and was living along. She's like, son, I'm just so blessed, Shug. You know, and, and, and she would, that, that country charm, and she'd just be so thankful. And she would, you know, raise her little hand and praise God for all that he's done for her. And she would even look back on the memories of life and say, I'm just so grateful and thankful. God had been so thankful to me, uh, grateful to me. God's been so blessed, has so blessed me. He's been so faithful in my life. And she was the one who just exuded gratitude for every situation that she was in. She was thankful and grateful for her breath and her body. She was grateful and thankful for the roof of her head. And that's something that really attracted me. I wanted to spend time with my grandmother um, because of that. Um, Anyone that you meet who are grateful understand that everything they have comes from God. It's not their own. That God has given them this. God has been gracious to them. And when you look... At Scripture, you see that God gives good gifts to what He has called us to do. God gives those good gifts to what He's called us to do. I mean, if you think about all throughout Scripture, God is always the author. He's always the giver, right? He's the one who writes the story, and He's the one who finishes the story, and He's the one who gives the books to us. He's the one who gives the parts. He gave Noah a plan for the ark to help people. 
He gave the Israelites manna in the desert. He provided a cloud by day and fire by night to guide them when they didn't know where to go or what to do. He gave David the stone to slay Goliath. He gave a teenage girl named Mary faith to be able to accept the responsibility to be the mother of the Son of God. He gave us his one and only Son, Jesus, to be our Savior um, in our life. Listen, everything we have comes from God. He gave us the Holy Spirit who lives inside every believer, who dwells in every side, inside every believer so that we may be able to be taught the Scriptures and revealed the plans of God and empowered to do everything that we've been called to do. Listen, everything you have comes from God. Everything you have comes from God. There's nothing um, called a self, as a self-made man. If you're a believer, he has given you the ability. I love the Scripture in Deuteronomy where Moses writes that he gives us the power or the ability to have wealth and get wealth. It's God who gives us the power, and it's God who gives us the ability. When you know that God is the giver of all good things, you return praise back to him. You're grateful. I mean, let's just be honest. We talk a lot about giving at church and financial giving and tithing, and tithing is a, a biblical principle seen all throughout the Scripture. Um, only selfish people, you know, really hate, you know, giving to God. I mean, just to be honest, you either you're generous or you're greedy. But one thing, don't you listen to me? Don't don't tune me out. Do you know what tithing really is? Let's just break it down. It's being the one leper. It's where you know that paycheck you have did not come from a company. <laughs> you know that paycheck. Well, I worked hard for it. Even the strength you have comes from God. Amen. Well, I, I tell you, what, I get up early and stay up late and work hard for my money. And you know what? It ain't God's, that's mine. I made that money. No, you didn't. The very breath in your body is a gift from God, church. Amen. And so whenever God gives you a paycheck, you pause and say, thank you, because I couldn't do this without you. I wouldn't have the strength. I wouldn't have the mental ability. I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God giving it to me. So listen, when I get my paycheck, when my wife gets hers, we take 10% off the top and we give back to God. You know why? It's, I'm, not paying, I'm not paying my tithes to the church. I'm pausing like the leper. I'm returning. I'm throwing myself at the feet of God saying, God, thank you because everything I have comes from you. And I'm returning this one back to you. I'm returning this 10% back saying, thank you. I am so grateful i bet jesus sometimes looks at all of us and we get our, our paychecks coming in and we get stuff coming in we get blessings coming in and we hoard it all i bet jesus looks at us like the nine who goes away and i wonder if he asked the question where are the others where are the others man where are the people i have done so much for you i remember working um with a young man um, at, at the concrete company. And when I, when I was, you know, from ni 19, or actually 16 to about 24 years old, I worked at my dad's concrete company. I've told you before, he gave me the worst jobs to do. Like, I, you know, I didn't have the good jobs. I mean, I had the worst jobs. And so dad, um, you know, I mean, you had me out shoveling all the time. And I actually began to like it. Like, and here's why. Like, I really enjoyed manual labor. I, and I still today, I enjoy um, doing work, manual labor. I just love it. And so I read a scripture one time that opened my heart up to this. And the scripture I read in Proverbs, you know, again, if you read a proverb a day, it will keep ignorance away. Um, there's one proverb for every day in the month. And so, like, I read this proverb, and it said this. It said, 
the glory of old men is their gray head. And, and the young men's strength is their glory, right? So, like, I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, so, like, it's, so the strength that I have actually gives glory to God. And so when I would shovel, I would sing worship songs and shovel. Man, I, I mean, I'd be done just, you know, doing humming or singing and just, man, just working and just working, man, and, you know, drinking water and working and doing all this. And I'll never forget one day that this young guy, Rodney, who I was training to take my place before I went to college, Rodney wasn't a believer. Rodney said, man, how, how do you have so much strength and energy to do all that you do? And you're like, you're like happy. And I don't know, you know, you're just like singing this, this Christian music stuff, man. It's like, what, like, is it all that water you drink? Does that give you all that energy? I was like, Rodney, he's like, no, nah, man. I was like, you know, the Bible says that strength, strength is the way I can give glory to God. And God's given me strength. And so when, every time I shovel, I'm thankful that God has given me strength to shovel. I'm thankful that God, you know, I said, man, listen, Jesus redeemed me. He saved me. He put his Holy Spirit inside of me. And that's where I get this energy and strength from. It's called praise. And I'm just returning back the gift that God has given me. That's what being grateful is. And many of us, listen, we're like the nine. You know, we complain so much about having to walk upstairs at your house. You know what? Can I be honest with you? You think I'm weird. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have stairs, number one, because it strengthens my legs. If you don't work out, one day you can't work out. Just listen to me. If you don't focus on health, one day you can't focus on health. I'm thankful, and I'm grateful. Man, we complain about so much because we don't understand that God has given us this good gifts, uh, the good gifts in our life. Um, don't be a hoarder where you hoard things and you grab onto things and you complain. Be generous. Do you know, like, even today as I'm preaching to you, you may say, Kevin, man, that message imp- impacted me. Kevin, man, that message, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You may come and say that. I am never puffed up. The difference between young Kevin as a preacher and most young preachers, and I say young because I'm, I'm like 140 in ministry years. I've been in ministry so long. But young preachers take that praise and really take it to heart. That's a good message, brother. They're thinking, thank you. I appreciate it. People really like my preaching. Come hear me preach sometime. When I was like that youth pastor or associate pastor, I used to, you know, get everybody to come hear me preach. And I used to love the praise that I get. It made me feel so good. Now, here, let, let me tell you, I mean, I, I thank you when you report back and say God has done something in your life through a message. But I take no credit and no ability for that. No credit. Because only God can transform lives. And the very ability I have to speak to you is the grace of God. Paul said, it's not me, but the grace that works in me. And so I, I pause and thank God for any ability to communicate to people because I didn't do this. I didn't create this. God gave it to me. Here's the second statement. Not only the first statement is this, is you, uh, you say, I know every good thing I have comes from God. I know every good thing I have comes from God because we, we serve a good God. But here's the second point. The second statement you have to make and I have to make is this. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. I want you to look at what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 6.9. In Ecclesiastes 6.9, Solomon says, Better what the eyes see than the roving of the appetite. Better what the eyes see than the roving of the appetite. 
So, like, you know, we're, we live in a generation who wants more. We look at somebody else's grass and somebody else's car and somebody else's wife and somebody else's situation and somebody else's, and we want that. And we live in a world that's always looking for the next thing. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't look toward the future. I'm not saying that you should you know, not want to make things better. I'm not saying those things. But here's what I am saying, church. Don't let what you want rob you of what you actually have. Some of you have a beautiful life. Some of you have a beautiful family. You have a beautiful wife, beautiful husband. Well, handsome husband, right? We don't want to be called beautiful. <laughs> uh, but you have those things. And you're so dissatisfied inside. You're thinking, if I only could have this, then I would be satisfied. Let me share this to you in preacher terms. There are so many guys in ministry who believe if they could just be the senior pastor, it would fix everything in their life. They would have total power, total control, and they could have everything they've ever wanted. And I talked to a, to a, to a man, a, a guy who I was coaching, he took over a church. He lasted several years there, and he resigned, burnt out, depressed, and tired. He said, this was nothing of what I thought it would be. Nothing what I thought it would be. He said, I don't want to ever have to do this again. I talked to another guy who was leading a very large church as a senior pastor. He was the youth pastor. The pastor left. Um, actually, on immoral terms, had to leave. The, the church raised him up said let's want you to be you know want you to be a pastor everybody loves the second man because he didn't have to make the hard decisions so they put him in that role and it almost destroyed his life he thought that's what he always wanted you know what he did he went back to doing student ministry at another church here's what i'm saying listen to me sometimes what we think we want will destroy us when we don't realize the blessing of what we really have and i don't want you to be robbed of what you have because of something that you want, that you lose the beautiful thing that you have. I heard, I heard a little story one time that was, that was um, it's cute, but also so um, you know, illustrative for this this point. There was a, a dog who was walking around with a bone. He had a really big bone his owner gave him. He was just walking around with his bone, and he was just happy, and he walked by a stream. As he looked down at the stream, he started growling. And as he looked down, he saw another dog in there with a bigger bone. And so this dog began to growl, began to bite, and he wanted that bone so bad, he opened his mouth up to get that bone. And when he did, his bone fell out of his mouth and went into the stream. And the picture of the other dog disappeared, and he saw himself there. It was just his reflection. He had this really nice gift his owner had given him. But he ended up getting robbed of something that he had because of something that he wanted even more. Do you know what gratitude does? And I love this. This is tweet-worthy. This is Facebook check-in. I'm talking about quote-worthy. Gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. Do you hear that? Come on, church. Gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. You hear that? Gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. So when you think, I don't have enough, um, I need more. I want more. When you have gratitude, you are thankful for what you have in every season of life. And as I said before, it's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. And if you want to be truly happy, be grateful for what you have. Don't let it rob you um, by looking at what you want. Um, some of you 
at Thrive, and over the next uh, over the past two years, I think we've had over 60 people um, engage in local and foreign missions. Around 45 people in, um, engaging in foreign missions. When you go overseas to foreign missions, or if you go to really impoverished places in America, because I'm going to be honest, I, I've been to places in America that look just like overseas. Um, yeah, it's not advertised. You think it doesn't exist, but it's even right here in Chesterfield County. But when you go to extreme poverty, and where I grew up, some people had dirt floors they lived in. But you see that, and you see people are so grateful then for what they have, it really inside changes you. It, it, it turns that contentment gauge on. You're like, what am I striving for? I mean, what, what does this all really matter? This stuff doesn't give you contentment. Gratefulness for what you have gives you contentment. Now listen, you should never go on a mission trip to do good for others to make yourself feel good. That's the wrong motive. If you're going on a mission trip to make yourself feel better, that's wrong. If you, but you're going to serve other people and you're going to bless other people, that's a good thing. But I guarantee a lot of times you are more blessed on a mission trip by what, um, by what you do for them than what, um, I mean, excuse me, by what they do for you than what you do for them. You will leave more blessed remembering. I, I mean, Michael and Doug and I went to uh, the Bates and the sugarcane fields. Man, we went over there, and these little kids wanted my Thrive bracelet. They wanted my hat. I mean, I gave them everything that I had. Um, there, everything you can't carry anything in because they want it because they're just man they have nothing there. But when you watch them worship and praise God, and you watch them, um, man, they're happy about life. They're happy for what they have. They're grateful for what they have, and that is where contentment comes from. Uh, think about this: if you're making minimum wage today, think about this: if you're making minimum wage, you're making 32 times more than what half the world makes. 32 times more than what half. The world makes um, for some of us in our life we're letting what we want rob us of what we have in relationships listen to me some of the most discontented disappointed people are not singles it's married couples some of you that are single sitting here thinking man I'm just oh yeah I'm just waiting I'm just waiting some people in their life went to thought they went to bed with Rachel and they woke up with Leah as I heard one preacher say it and they're wondering, man, what is this? Listen to me. Some of you singles are thinking, man, what I want is better than what I have. And listen, God is doing something in your life. God has blessed you. I would encourage you to look at the blessing in your life to maximize the season that God has given you. Because once you say, I do, it's done, right? <laughs> um, with that. And some of you married couples in here, please listen to me. I know that you know, our culture you know, it, it really elevates affairs and it elevates, you know, this, this, um, this lust and things like that. What you have is better than what you want. I promise you for that. And the world says if you get what you want, um, it's better than what you have and then you'll be more content. But it never does that. It leaves you more empty inside. There's a tragic story of, of a professional golfer named Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was the top golfer in the world. He was literally the game changer. He was the Michael Jordan of golf. But Tiger Woods had a discontentment issue. Tiger Woods spiraled down in his life wasn't from injuries. Listen to me. It was from a bad decision he made. He ended up having an affair with a waitress from Waffle House. Now, I don't know about y'all. And, and I know some really nice waitresses at Waffle House. And I've seen almost every Waffle House in America because I was on tour in a band. 
but let's be real. Some of the people that wailed me at Waffle House, they had no teeth. <laughs> Some of them were scary, <laughs> right? Right? I don't know where he found this Waffle House waitress at, but Tiger Woods had an affair on his wife with a Waffle House waitress. And he ended up losing his marriage, losing the relationship with his child that he had, and his life spiraled out of control. He has never regained his golf form again. You know why? Because golf is mental. If you play golf, you'll say, amen, it's mental. And his, his mentality got messed up from that, and it messed his whole life up. Why? Because he thought what he wanted was better than what he had. And then you realize, I've given up what I have or what I wanted, and what I want is not really what I wanted. And it's See, gratefulness, gratefulness is what keeps you in that. When you first meet your spouse, you're idolizing your, your opposites. Oh, she's so detailed, man. I'm telling you what, she's so organized. I'm telling you, she just keeps everything clean and everything neat and everything good and everything's awesome. And then, five years later, but she's just demanding and controlling and nitpicking and tells me what to do all the time. And, and you end up demonizing what you once idolized because you're not grateful. Gratefulness is the one attribute that fuels every other attribute in your life. And when you're grateful... For something you begin to see the beauty in it when you're grateful for something you begin to see god has given you that and you're thankful for it don't you listen to what the apostle paul says very well-known passage you know i preach this all the time philippians 4 11 to 13 says he said and paul says this for i have learned to be content in whatever circumstances i know what it is to be in need <coughs> I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. The secret. See that? Paul said he learned a mystery. A secret. Now, a lot of y'all want to talk about the secrets of revelations and the secrets of the demon, the, the, the dragon, and the secrets of this stuff of the kingdom. But listen to what Paul says. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Now watch this in Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. The scripture, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and you think that's just, I can do anything I want to do anytime I want to do it because God's going to give me a superpower to you know, leap tall buildings and be able to dunk basketballs and do all that stuff. That's not what this scripture means. And so you're totally just misquoting scripture. What it means is you can be happy with what you have instead of, um, being ungrateful and then desiring something you want that's going to destroy you. You can be content in any situation. Do you know that God has cre created in you the ability to be content with having little or having much? God has created in you if you would just learn the secret of it. And the secret is what I have is better than what I want. What God has given me is better than what I think that I need in my life. And listen. In our lives, until you get to the place where Christ is all you have, you will not know that Christ is all you need. You hear me? Until you get to a place where you know Christ is all you have, you will not know that Christ is all that you need. But I don't know about you, but I'm going to choose gratitude. I know every good gift, every good thing comes from God. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. And then finally, here's our last point today. The statement that helps us choose gratitude is this. I'll turn every blessing I have back into praise. Write in your notes. I'll turn every blessing I have into praise. One person said it this way. They said, whatever you don't turn into a, uh, whatever blessing you don't turn into praise 
turns into pride because you believe you did it. Whatever blessing you don't turn back into praise turns into pride because you believe you did it. Don't you listen to what David said, what King David said. I love this. He says in Psalm 63, 4 and 5, he says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be, watch, fully satisfied with the richest of foods. And with singing uh, lips, my mouth will praise you. Gratefulness turns blessings back into praise. And you know the secret of praise? It is being grateful. Here's the thing. I lift my hands in church, listen, and I worship God, not because I'm charismatic or Pentecostal or Baptist or Presbyterian or because I was taught that. I lift my hands because I'm so grateful for what God has done for me. Giving back and serving and doing more and, and being generous is because I'm turning every blessing back into praise by being generous. See, you've got to learn to turn every blessing you have back into praise. That's why I believe, and man, I know that some of us are reserved and some of us are expressive and some of us are quiet and some of us are loud, but I just think that during a worship service, none of us should be sitting there thinking like, when is this going to be over with? Not singing, not caring. Man, we should be Hands lifted, praising, thanking God that he has given us everything that we have. That the ability to praise him comes from the breath in our lungs. The ability to even live comes because God has given that to us. I'll turn every blessing I have back into praise. I want you to think about being a person of praise. You know, one of the exercises that you can do to do this, and I know it sounds kind of weird and morbid and kind of, you know, on, on that a minor side if you're a musician you hit that chord but i want you to listen to this think about this imagine that you have something that you love your job your health a family member maybe it is a possession that you really love and you're grateful for i want you to pause for a second i want you to imagine you just lose it it's gone today you're told that you have weeks to live you're told that that family member is suddenly gone. You get the call that your dream job is now gone and you have no money. That prized possession is now gone. Now what you think about this, then you get it back. Then you get it back. Listen, that, listen, that is what the essence of being a Christian is, guys. Do you hear me? God has given us a second chance in life. God has given us more than we ever could be thankful. Do you know people who lose something and have great loss in their life are the most grateful? To be honest with you, when I lost my mom, my grandmother, my dad, and two uncles in, in four years, um, that was a great amount of loss in my life. And not only that, but I lost dear friends in ministry that were serving at church with me who decided to hurt and betray me. Um, and I should be honest, it re I mean, I went through a season where I just was pretty, pretty pessimistic about people and about life. I was like, you know, one of my favorite scriptures were the end of joy is grief, <laughs> right? That's what life doesn't just keep getting better. We get older, we get sick. We, the older you live, the more loss you're going to experience. And then we pass. It, it, right. I mean, that's the realest part, but, but let me share the switch that God's helped me make in my life. After I lost all that, 
and 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 I was at a place in my life where I felt like, you know, man, I've lost things. Life felt kind of gray for me. I felt like that life wasn't, you know, as colorful as it was before. It's like the movie Wellville or whatever. If you ever seen that with uh, Matthew Broderick, everything went gray. Like I felt like that. I told my wife that. But I want to tell you something, what God's done in my heart. In my life, like, I feel like there's color again. I didn't get any of that stuff back. But I know in my life, by losing so much, I'm thankful for what I do have. Because I know a very important statement, as it is right now, is not as it always will be. And we take things for granted. We think our family will always be here. We think we will always have our health. We think that nothing bad will ever harm us, or we live in this fairy tale world. And if you've gone through great loss, man, you wake up in the mornings and you go outside and take a deep breath. You realize how green the grass really is. You realize how blue and beautiful the sky is. You start to appreciate flowers. Like, I drive my wife crazy sometimes. I just, you know, her life, she's never experienced loss. She's never had to experience it. And, you know, it's one of those things that I hope that you know, she doesn't have to experience much loss and don't do, you know, go, go through what I went through. I drive her crazy. It's like, hey, man, it's just, this is beautiful today. I feel like a hippie, like, whoa. Like, the sky is so blue and the sun's so warm. And do you hear the birds singing? Like, the birds are just beautiful. She's like, it's kind of hot. And no, I didn't hear those birds, but now I do. I mean, I'm just, you know, let's get, I'm sweating. You know, I'm walking. Let's get this over with. But I just feel like I have a new lease on life. Man, and that's what God did for us. He rescued us from death, hell, and the grave. He gave us a second chance in life to live, to see life through his eyes. And I've learned in my life, I'm going to turn every blessing I have back into praise. I thank God for the beautiful son that I have every morning who has, you know, he's perfect, man. He's, he's healthy, he's whole, he's, he's growing, he's doing great. I am so grateful for him. I mean, even for me, let me just tell you, some of y'all like, well, just wait. You want to change diapers forever to be ever with, thank God. Whew, I'm glad that diaper season got to, can I just be honest? You're going to think I'm weird again change his diaper and i'm like grateful to be able to do that because it won't last forever and there'll be a day that he doesn't want to hang out with me there'll be a day that he doesn't want that and sometimes sometimes when i change his diaper he'll say thank you daddy thank you daddy fresh diaper you know it's beautiful and, and you may think well you know the crying baby and got baby in the bed with you man i can't wait i can't wait to the next thing i cannot wait till i get listen i praise god for my son i praise god for the season that i'm in i praise god for that some of you say well i'm just so you know i'm busy i'm just busy i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy i thank god that i that i can be busy i thank god that there that we have a church that's full that i can be busy with i thank god that pastors are knocking on my door saying will you please help i thank god for those things i'm gonna turn every blessing i have back into praise for him some of you say well man the church is just full now i don't know everybody in the church thank god you don't know everybody in the church you know what else you know what else you don't know everybody in heaven are you gonna complain about that god heaven's just so full why in the world just save so many people and i gotta in heaven i gotta worship side of these people i don't even know and they, they took my seat why don't you thank god that our churches are full at thrive church both locations are full and that god's redeeming people and man there's man yeah and it's just so busy here because god has done a great work stop complaining start start turning your blessing back into praise and thanking god for what he's done in our life and what he's done in this church man my car my car you got a car 80 percent of the world doesn't have a car right like turn your blessings back into praise 
three statements as I close. Every good thing I have comes from God. I won't let what I want rob me of what I have. And I will turn every blessing back into praise. I close with this scripture here. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 103, 2 and 5. Psalms 103, 2 and 5. He said, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Watch this in verse 5. He fills my life with good things. I will praise him. Some of some people, you know, um, get upset because I'll post on Facebook how many got water baptized or man, we broke a record attendance or what God's doing in our church. And people may get annoyed from the outside, but listen, they don't know what's what, what we went through when we first got here. They don't know the 25 people that were here that were just praying that, that you would, that God would do something. I remember in July of 2012 when I was here and we had 41 people. And then the next week we had 20 because the 21 others didn't show back up. Is my ordination service. And it was a terrible ordination service. Let me just be honest with you. Like, it was bad. And I thought, we're never going to get this church off the ground. I remember whenever Ranny, one of our, our, our board members, and working so close with him, would tell me, Pastor, don't, don't cash a check this week, or don't, 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 don't buy anything off Vista Print for, you know, for our grand opening because we don't have the money. Let's wait till next week. See, I'm going to turn every blessing I have back to praise. I'm going to be grateful for what God's doing in Thrive Church, man. Some of y'all may came from a church of three or 4,000. You got everything, and you got the cool lights, and you got the smoke, and you've got everything there. But I'm going to tell you something. And you may come in and say, well, you got a warehouse here, and there's a rip in the ceiling there. And you may look and scoff at what we have. But, baby, I'm grateful for what we have at our church. I am thankful for what we have. Yeah, um, man, I, I look back and see where God has brought this church and what God has done. And that's why I lift my hands. That's why I shed tears and thankfulness. You may say, you know, you may come in be complaining about things. I'm going to come in being grateful about what God's doing, not only in this church, but in my life, man. I am so thankful. I want us to flip the script like David and say, man, I'm going to praise you. My mouth will be filled with praise. My mouth will be filled with gratefulness. He fills my life with good things, right? He fills my life with good things. Come on, church. He fills my life with good things, right? Come on. We serve a good God who is doing good things in our life, and we have to. Listen, we have to. Be grateful and thankful for that. Let's let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today, God. We thank you in Jesus' name that you have given us good gifts. We thank you that we have so many blessings in our life. So today we pause, God, to be grateful and thankful for what you've done. We're going to, Lord God, honor you with all that we have because we know it's a gift from you. We're going to be thankful for what we have and not focus on what we want. God, in our life, right now, today, we pause and say, we are going to be a grateful and thankful people. Kill, and right now, discontent in our life. Rid us of discontent. Rid us of this ungrateful heart. Rid us of complaining. Rid us, Lord God, of this negative, pessimistic, complaining mentality. And give us a heart of gratefulness, God. Thank you for saving and redeeming us. And as we're praying today, church, and every 
bodies in a prayerful mode, usually with your eyes closed so you can focus on God. Today, maybe you come to Thrive Church and you know that you have been searching in your heart for what you need. It's like there's a hole in your heart. It's like you know that you're empty inside. And you've seen people who serve Jesus and love Jesus. And you've come today saying, Kevin, I really need Jesus in my life because I know that he is all that I really need. I know that he's the one who gives contentment. I know he can give me a new start, a fresh start, and he can fill this hole in my life. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Maybe you come to Thrive today and you want to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. Maybe today is your, your day for a fresh start and a new start in your life. I am honored to get be a part of that. What we're going to do is this. It's simple. Everybody's in a prayerful mode. Christians are praying for you right now. Today is your day. And if today you're saying, Kevin, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want a fresh start. I want to learn to be, I want to be like that leper who, who is grateful and thankful. I want to make Jesus my Lord. And maybe you're coming back to Jesus. Maybe you walked away from him. Or maybe for the first time ever, you're publicly surrendering your life to Jesus. Today it's simple. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, all I want you to do is this. Listen to me. I want you to lift your hand high. It's between this, this first step between me, you, and God. Baptisms when it's between me, you, God, and everybody else, right? This first step today is between me, you, and God. On the count of three, if you want to here at Thrive Church, make that decision, the best decision of your, of your life. When I count to three, lift that hand high in the air. One, two, three. Lift that hand high. Amen. Lift that hand high. I won't, amen, lift that hand high. If you lifted your hand high, I want you to, to, to look at me. I know I'm on a screen up here. I want you to look at me in the eyes. If you lifted your hand high, just me and you right now. Everybody else is praying, just me and you. Right now, we're going to pray the most important prayer you've ever prayed, and it's a confession of faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, 10, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So right now, I want you to pray with me this prayer. I want you to say, Father God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I cannot save myself. I know I'm discontent inside. I know I'm always looking for the next thing and looking for more. But today I receive Jesus as my Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead to wash away all my sins. I believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. I believe that Jesus will return again one day, and I believe that Jesus is Lord. Today, I surrender my life to Jesus. Today, I receive this gift of salvation from God. I turn away from my sins, and I start in a new direction. In Jesus' name that I pray. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. If you will, guys, put your hands together today for people who took next steps in the Lord. Amen. What I want you to do, I want you to, to stand to your feet in here, man. Stand up, and we're going to worship God. We're going to be thankful today, and we're going to actually express gratitude. The one leper came back, and what did he do? He threw himself at the feet of Jesus. I'm not asking you to throw yourself on the ground. I'm not asking that. But I am asking, as we sing this song, don't rush out to get to lunch, man, you ungrateful leper. You like that, don't you? I want you, as this band plays, whether you lift your hands or lift your heart, or you shed tears, or you kneel down, or you bow your head. I want you to pause, man, 
and say, God, I am so grateful for what I have. I know every good gift comes from you. Lord, I want to just pause and say thank you. Let's worship God in this place, church. Come on. Let's worship him. Amen. Let's do it.